listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Here, these are conversations that will differentiate you from your competition. Now, if you don't want to be different than your competition, probably should just go ahead and shut this off. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Like when we audit the mod and get and do the mod master and and give them the actionable items that they can that they can do in order to lower their cost of risk. This is Power Producers Shop Talk. Production redefined. Reasonable and what wasn't. And and I think that you know, that's, that's spot on. And, you know, these people that we're talking with don't necessarily understand what their exposures are and what they can even do about them, um, you know, when they're uncovered. So I, I do like that what we're able to provide is something tangible, action items that they can do. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Power Producers Shop Talk, episode 17. 17. Roger, yep. Seven. She's only 17. Kip Winger said it best. Lucky number 17. Yeah, this is broker of record letters are not the devil. So here's what I know. 50% of you are going to hate my guts when I tell you this. The other 50% are going to be like, I've been waiting for a dude to have our back like that. So I get right. it up front. It's information, people. Take it for what it is. If you hate it, it's because you're losing to it. You probably should adapt and adopt sooner than later. But that being said, yeah, finish your story here. We were well, talking I'm going to, I'm going to start it again. Yeah. We were, we were talking a little bit about my youngest and middle sons and their absolute disdain for each other. Most days. And they came over to the office yesterday because Caroline had gymnastics. I was working late. Annie brought Ethan over. Landon had walked over after school to get his haircut. And so he came down Star to the office. Too. Oh yeah, boo! Just crushing yeah, the hair. Who crushes that? See, what'd you do? A two for one yesterday? Yeah, I hit it up. <laughs> I hit it up and told him I was gonna send Landon by later. So anyhow, um, they're here, and one of the things that I do is I let my kids like have very specific office tasks. Right? They love they love coming here, and I want them to come because I want them to get used to what it, you know. When they're 30 years old, they could say, I remember when we used to go to the agency and visit dad and he would let us get in his top desk drawer and have some gum and we got to work, you know, whatever. Come on right? in, kids, have some gum. Well, Ethan's thing is fabuloso, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> he so, likes, what, he likes to drink it or? <laughs> no, he he loves the smell of it, as do who I. Does, who doesn't? And so he um, he always walks in, and the very first thing he does is goes and looks under the sink. Pours him an ice cold glass of fabulous. Yeah, he, no, he he wants to immediately start mopping with it, and so he goes to check the the uh, the level of it. So I've got a regular size bottle, but then I have a gallon bottle that I bought at Sam's, and he can't handle the gallon, so Mother he wants road. me to pour off the gallon into the smaller one, and then he'll start making his mop bucket to clean up or whatever. But the other thing that I do is anything that needs shredded and destroyed after we scan it in, I let it sit in a pile. And then on the weekends, typically I'll come by on Saturday, check the mail. One of the kids is with me. I let them shred. I give them a couple bucks. We stop at Wawa and they get candy and a slushie or whatever. It, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, the problem is when you have two of them here and they both want to shred. So I'm sitting in the office 
and they're going like cats and dogs. And then all of a sudden it's dead quiet. And I'm like, okay, something's up. Either it was one of those deals like you see on YouTube where two MMA fighters simultaneously knock each other out. Or they were- Those videos are crazy, by the way. Yeah, or they had done something really stupid and they were trying to keep it from me. So I look and they had been arguing over the contractor cleanup bag that was two bins deep in shredded paper that was getting ready to get hauled off. And the whole thing just- busted it looked like times square in the middle of the office hallway like i just can't even describe to you so i told him to go ahead and start vacuuming it up well again then guess what happens vacuum cleaner gets clogged nobody can figure out how to get it unclogged it's clogged at the bottom where the brush is that you know agitates the carpet and brings the dirt to the surface prior to sucking it in then it was clogged in the actual tube that carries it into the receptacle that holds everything. And then it was clogged again at the mouth of that. It took me like 20 minutes to disassemble this thing, take all the filters out, get everything cleaned up just to get the vacuuming done. So uh, yeah, there's that's, that. That's fantastic. I love my kids so much. <laughs> Maybe one at a time. Do you know what else I love? I love broker record letters. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's you know a controversial topic. Yeah, but it, it shouldn't be. You know, you know why they don't like it? Because people use them against them. Yeah, they get business taken from them because they're not doing their job. Right. I mean, look, if we boil it all down, that's what it ends up to, right? Somebody's not doing their job. Here's here's where we have issues, and you know this as well as I do, because we actually have this happen to us periodically. Mm-hmm. People don't use them right in some occasions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a small percentage of agents or agencies are a little bit sly with how they present a BOR and maybe yeah. not 100% forthright. You know, payroll companies, I'll go ahead and call them out. Yeah, definitely. Hey, pay- hey payroll company, we know what you're doing. You're right. not fooling me. Slide that BOR like, in with your onboarding fool- paperwork. Yeah, fooling the, yeah, exactly. Uh, Fooling the client for sure. Yeah, the just go ahead and sign everything that's in here, uh, and we'll we'll get you taken care of. Yeah, and the client doesn't know half the time, ladies and gentlemen. Almost, that's not, almost none of the time. Yeah, that that's not what we're talking about here. We can all agree that's sleazy. We right. don't like it. Right. I mean, whoever presented that bor should get punched in the face immediately, multiple times. I'm going to do it. I will too. I will give them a crossface crippler, <laughs> or quite possibly. The DDT. The old DDT. Just give him the Jake the Snake right there, plain as day. But that's not what we're talking about. What I'm talking about is the whole actual tool of the agent of record or broker of record letter. And that in and of itself is not bad. It is not sleazy. It is not slimy. It is a tool that was developed by our industry Mm -hmm. so that the client can pick the agent that they want. This Watch isn't they about how to do that. You this know? isn't about you going out and getting renewal terms. And at the last minute, somebody comes in and gives your client smoke and mirrors and they sign everything over to them and you lose the account because of that. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what we do every single day. So the first thing that I want to mention is 
I don't understand why an agent should think that they can do a piss poor job or deliver average results and retain an account. But assuming that they're not going to retain it, I think it's even more presumptive that the agent should think that they shouldn't have to relinquish the insurance company that that client is currently with because they're on it. Mm -hmm. Here's a fun fact, people. If you have an account with Chubb and you're not doing your job and Chubb is the best solution for the insurance product, but your firm is not the best solution for the value proposition, why should the client be punished and forced to move to a different carrier so that they can get the value they need because you're not delivering it. There's no reason at all that should happen. I agree. And the agencies that are out there that are using broker of record letters, agent of record letters, the correct way are actually operating well within the framework of what the industry gives us. And we're not hiding behind it. I've never taken an AOR and slipped it into a stack of papers and just had somebody sign it. So I mean, then, like, what, like, what's that? How do you think that makes you look like after they because they're going to find out, like, <laughs> you know, what right. you're just going to slide it in? I mean, it that doesn't make any sense to me, like, like why somebody would want to use it like that. It's like I tell my kids, don't lie to me. I'm going to get you eventually. And then I'm right. going to go back and remember when I asked you to be honest with me and you weren't. Right. There's far less consequences if you're honest with me on the front end. But I mean, that just that completely blows my mind. And, but but you have to dial it back. And I understand that the reason why agents get upset is because they just don't realize they're inadequate in what they're delivering. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't mean that disrespectfully at all. But I see it all the time. Somebody will start bitching and moaning about losing an account. And it's always, and they came in and used an AOR and took everything from me, blah, 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 blah. What do you think the reason for that is? Yeah, the reason they took the AOR is because you weren't doing your job. Right. And and, and when I say that they're, they're, they're inadequate in what they're delivering, people, you have to understand something. In 2020, you can't be an insurance salesperson and retain your accounts. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, there may be a couple of outliers out there. You know, Ned Ryerson on steroids that are able to – just absolutely crush insurance sales. And that's all they try and do. They're going to sell you life insurance. And, you know, their kid gets on your little league team and all of the parents cringe because they know that in the sand, these people are going to try and sell them life and homeowners and everything else or insure their business or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. Insurance sales does not cut it. Customer experience or customer service does not cut it anymore. And I see it all the time. It's expected. Customer service is expected. It is the expectation. Right. And and these people get mad because it'll be, well, every time they needed a certificate, we had it. Every time they needed to add a vehicle, we had it, you know, taken care of or delete a vehicle or change drivers or when a claim came in, we took it. Okay, great. That's called your job description. That's the bare minimum of what you're supposed to do. But if I go into that same account and you've done everything to perfection on executing the administration of an insurance policy, but the experience mod is a 1.4 on the comp, 
the all of the other benchmarks in terms of frequency and severity are way out of line. Mm -hmm. The claims are out, out of out of sorts on the GL and everything else. Guess what, guys? I'm going to take that piece of business from you mm -hmm. because I'm looking at fixing all of that other stuff. And what I see from regular agency owners, and when I mean regular, I'm just saying like main street type business is all the, when it comes to claims and when it comes to delivering value, it's, I did this basic task on time. I got this certificate to where it needed to go. And from a claim standpoint, they're managing the loss ratio in their book of business with that carrier, not because they're trying to help the client, but because they want to make sure they get their own profit sharing and contingencies at the end of the year. And so I saw an example, what got me fired up about this a couple of weeks ago, I saw an example from a guy that by all accounts, a great agent, I'm sure, but he was complaining that he had a long time account that had started out with him at 15,000 in premium and over 10 years, it grew to 150,000 in premium and they left him. And the, the remark was that this, this big city agency came in with their flashy tools and all of this stuff. And not only did they leave me, but they paid $5,000 more to do it. Mm -hmm. People, listen to what I just said. Not only did they leave the agency, but they paid more money to do it. Right. That means that client wasn't getting value in that relationship and what they really wanted and what they really needed wasn't available from the current representation. And so they recognized that need and were convinced by the other firm that they could meet that need so much so that they took the program over the way that it was and allowed them to make whatever modifications needed to be made that resulted in them getting paid an additional $5,000 in premium. Was was it endorsements or modifications they made to the policy, or was it just stuff that they were charging them for, say, doing something like ModMaster, or is it unclear? That's unclear because we didn't get into that level yeah. of specifics. But It'd be interesting to know, though. But either way, it's still $5,000 more money, right? right. So to me, it wasn't about, wasn't about the money. It's not about the money. Yeah. But to everybody that's an insurance salesperson, it is about the money because right. that's what they equate value with is cheap premium. People, value is not cheap premium. Cheap premium is great. But if you have uncovered things because the premium's cheap, guess what? It's either your E&O or out of your client's pocket, which mm -hmm. then gets added to the total cost of risk. And it goes back to what I say all the time. The cheapest insurance policy is typically the most expensive. Right. In the long run. And you can only go so low on the premiums. You can only get so many discounts and multi-line, whatever. I mean, w once you're at the floor, you're at the floor. I mean, th and if that's all you're going in with and you have no value, then of course you're going to get that, that swiped. And that's the problem. It's why I say all the time, you cannot tie your compensation to the sale of a product. You are not a trusted advisor in that role. You are a salesman or a saleswoman. Mm -hmm. in that role because that's what you do you sell a product you get a commission that's why in our last episode we talked about service fees mm 
-hmm. That's a way to set yourself up and differentiate yourself. But if I go in and I say, look, we've got this learning management system. And oh, by the way, we ran your experience modification factor audit. And it came back because there's a discrepancy there. We think that we can get some money for you here. But more importantly, we identified these top loss drivers. And we have some learning management system training that we want your people to go through to help us get that under control. And the cool part is you're going to get a dashboard. You're going to know everybody who's gone through the training, who's left to go through the training, all of that stuff. And we've built this risk management action plan. We're going to update that for you in real time every month so you know where you're at and what's going on and, and just keep going on and on down mm -hmm. the road. And all of a sudden, guess what? I haven't said a dang thing about insurance. Not one right. thing that came out of my mouth had anything to do with the placement of an insurance policy. But the problem is insurance salespeople, agency owners that focus on selling insurance and not delivering value have to understand that's not smoke and mirrors, people. That's a value proposition. Right. And so what, what I what I watched was the phenomenon of all of these agency owners that were talking party. just piling on. Yeah. Oh, clients are so disloyal. You bust your hump for them. They call you at seven o'clock at night because they had a claim and you stop everything you're doing to take care of it. And I just I work real really hard to get them the best rates and do this and do that. Guess what, people? You can work as hard as you possibly can in that environment and it will never be enough because your focus is on the wrong thing mm -hmm. and i know that i like i said i started this episode out saying 50 percent of the people are going to hate my guts for what i have to say and the other 50 percent are going to know exactly what i'm talking about but you can't look at an inanimate unemotional object like an agent of record letter and say it's a horrible tool or it's sleazy to use it when it's the tool that was identified by the insurance industry to make sure that those clients have a say as to who represents them. Mm -hmm. If they if they didn't have that, what 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 would happen? Like right, it'd just be they'd be locked into just dealing with your shitty service and you know until until right. renewal, and, which and is which is ridiculous. It, yeah, you think about it. Like how many other industries are like that, where you can't make a change if you don't want to. Maybe cell phones, because uh, but now they have unlocked cell phones. You can go right. from one one to the uh, other. But it yeah. used to be that way, right? I have my cell service. I've got an iPhone. I'm with AT&T. AT&T yeah. service sucks. I decide I want to go to Verizon. Well, crap. I can't take my iPhone from AT&T and go to Verizon. Now I right. have to go over and get a whole new iPhone, which is financially inefficient for me. It's no different than if we didn't have agent of record letters and insurance, right? right? Oh, well, I really want your value proposition, but now i got to switch and I have to go to Travelers instead of Chubb. Uh, Travelers is going to cost me more money. And blah, blah, blah. If you can't deliver the value, then you're never going to get a, a client that way. And a client shouldn't have to pick. And by the way, disclaimer here, Travelers and Chubb are actually fictitious names that have been changed to protect the innocent. But, <laughs> you know, when, when you look at it that way, I mean, it's 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 logical. Right. But people get so upset and so emotional. Guys, if you don't want to lose your business, work to keep it. I mean, yep. this stuff shouldn't be on autopilot. And the number of times that I go into accounts and we find things wrong and we're able, we know we're going to be able to drive change every it's, single time. Yeah, it's all, I ever every hear time. Is, all I ever hear is, well, we don't see our agent except for at renewal. Right. If you want to get fat and happy in this industry, you can do it. You can go out, you can sell insurance, you can produce accounts, mm -hmm. and then you can just not service them or not deliver any extra value 
And you'll make good money off of that account for a couple of years. And then somebody with a value proposition is going to come in and take it from you. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have to go out and produce again and again and again. If you're looking at adding value to what you're doing. And look, let's talk about what that means. What are things that can be done to to predict or uh, protect you rather from somebody coming in and taking an AOR? Well, I'll give you number one, FaceTime. Be in front of your client. Mm-hmm. Have intentional follow-up. If it's COVID and you can't go see them in person, email them, call them. I don't care. But every single month, at a bare minimum, at least once, if these are sizable clients, you should be reaching out to them. If it's too much, they'll tell you. But let them be the one who make that decision. Because if at some point they come back and say, hey, look, this guy's been in my office four or five times in the last three months. And they like, dude, you told me not to call you, but once a quarter, I'm right. honoring your wishes. At least you have a fallback position. It's a good point. Stay in front of them, number one. Number two, set expectations. Define expectations on the front end. Make sure that they know what they should expect from you. And then deliver that. So not only do you have FaceTime, but you set the expectations. Then you have to have a mechanism in place to where you're showing them that you're achieving what you projected you would do in real time, right? So having a servicing matrix that you set up, a sheet that goes out and says, here's what we're going to be doing on your account specifically every month for the next 12 months. Here's what we're going to be doing from a risk management standpoint. Here's what we're going to be doing from a safety and training standpoint. Here's what we're going to be doing from claims handling, audit, all of these things. Right. And if you do that and, and promise that that's what's going to happen, put the accountability measures in place to make sure you do it. And that you, But not just that you do it, that you outwardly show that client that it's getting done. And this is a thing that I think that a lot of agencies out there who are doing a good job, they're not insurance salespeople. But I think they're missing this one piece of it. And and I go back to this inside of that whole thread that I'm talking about. Just because you're doing the work that needs to be done to improve premium, losses, all of those things does not mean your client knows you're doing that. Right. They don't know what you're doing. Yeah, it's behind the scenes stuff. If you're not telling them what you're doing, which is why FaceTime is so important, because if you're in front of them, then they're going to perceive it that way. But let's just say with COVID, you can't, but there's other things that need to happen inside of the risk management action plan for that account. If you don't have graphics, if you can't give them something they can touch and feel in real time, your account will be in jeopardy all the time. And I don't want to hear some BS about we give great stewardship reports every year to our clients because a stewardship report is garbage. A stewardship report is you going in at renewal and saying, oh, by the way, we were too lazy to come to you all year and show you what we were doing, but we're going to give you this at renewal to justify you keeping us around for another year to sell you insurance. Even if you've delivered awesome value, you waited until nine months into the policy period to tell them everything that you've done. Develop it, have it in real time, and protect yourself from people coming in that have a good value proposition, but more importantly, you might have equal value propositions, but if theirs is more formalized and cre- includes deliverables that go to the client on a regular basis, they're going to beat you mm-hmm. every single time. Every single time. So don't hate the BOR. The BOR just... The BOR Embrace is like, it. 
Embrace like the, the BR. Yeah, it is. It's like the skunk ape, man. It just wants to be loved, but it's often misunderstood. It's exactly like the skunk ape. And we should I, end right there. And, I, and I'm not going to end there. I'm going to oh. actually take the skunk ape, skunk ape one step further and let you know that my wife's new favorite question to ask is when I'm going to take that abnormally small double X, 100% polyester skunk ape <laughs> camp shirt that I bought from China on a Facebook newsfeed ad and, pre and present it to you. I can't wait. Because you wear a double X in that particular shirt, whether you think you do or not. <laughs> really? I like look a, like, like a, a children's medium. Dude, I look like Tommy Boy putting on the blue J the blue blue <laughs> when I put that thing on. I was afraid. I was afraid uh, to flex my flex my back muscles because uh, I yeah, I knew I was gonna split it right down the middle. So you have you have that to look forward to, my friend. I can't wait. I'm actually kind of pissed that you didn't wear it today, to well, be honest I, with number you. Number one, I couldn't. And number two, it would probably be extremely inappropriate for me to go to breakfast <laughs> True. with, with, my, client. Nipple, with <laughs> yeah. my nipples hanging out. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it would be insane. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to set it with your Chris Voss book. And, um, yeah, and I'll get it at some comes, point. I'll make sure I get it to you. Sweet. Everybody else out there, broker of record letters are not the devil. Quit selling insurance and start delivering value. Quit doing customer service and start offering an awesome client experience. That's it. It's not rocket science. You just got to get off your rear end and do a little something once the deal's done. Killing commercial insurance is getting a sale. Keeping commercial insurance is the art. Have a great weekend. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes